us once again to Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. Once again, we're teaching and we're preaching, we're emphasizing the importance of faithfulness. Come on, say faithfulness. Come on, somebody say faithfulness. Glory to God. Because we serve a what? Faithful God. Amen. We know we've been confessing this is still God's plan for us to flourish this year. Come on, is God's plan for you to flourish this year? Amen. And once again, in the times we're living in, amen, it's never, listen, it's never been so more important for us to flourish in every area of our lives. Amen. So here in Proverbs 28, 20, the Bible tells us once again, a faithful man shall what? Abound with blessing, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. He said that a man that is what? Faithful to the things of God shall do what? Shall do what? Bound in blessing. Somebody say, that's me. Come on, somebody say, that's me. Let's go over the prophecy for 2018 once again. Glory to God. It says, in, amen, for the prophecy, it says, these are indeed the days of greater glory, saith the Lord. He says, I will cause it to manifest to all who will remain, what? Faithful and loyal, faithful to me and faithful to my word. And I will cause them to flourish and to abound as I promised in my word. He says, I will honor their loyalty to me, enabling them to overcome every attack of the evil one. And I will bring them into the greatest breakthroughs that they have experienced thus far. Then he says, rest assured that I am working on their behalf even now. Somebody say right now. And they shall triumph and be victorious and all shall see that I am still the God of the breakthrough. And I am still the God who what? Who keeps covenant. So it says, so lift up your hands and lift up your voices and praise your God. And praise your God. Come on, that goes for y'all in the back too. Praise your God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Why? Because a God that unlike any other God who blesses all who've been made, who've been what? Faithful and loyal to him, saith the Lord. And we know 2018 is what? It's days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of what? Come on, say it again. Days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of, come on, get one for the Holy Ghost. Days of glory, days of flourishing. And days of what? Abounding. We'll turn your Bibles once again to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. I feel kind of odd up here for some reason. <laughs> but the fan don't feel odd. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. It says, Arise, shine, for the light has come. Come on, arise and shine, for the light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall what? Cover the earth. And gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall what? Lord shall what? Rise upon thee. And his glory shall be what? Seen upon thee. So he's telling us, amen, as the world gets darker and darker and darker and darker, the church will get brighter and brighter and brighter. And Come on, say amen, somebody. And if you haven't noticed, it's dark out there. Especially around this time. Amen. 
and it's getting darker by the moment. Why? Because we're living in a perverted world. Let me say it again. We're living in a what? Perverted world. See, sin is running rampant, folks. And it doesn't seem to be any limitations. Matter of fact, people are just inventing new ways to sin. And it's going to get darker and darker. And we know darkness represents Satan's kingdom, folks. Amen? But at the same time, the Bible says the church will get brighter and brighter and brighter. And it says the glory will be seen upon us. Turn to someone and say, the glory will be seen, be seen upon you. Turn to somebody else and say, the glory will be seen upon you. Now, we know one of the ways the glory is seen upon us is because the glory is a manifest of what? Is a manifestation of the presence of God, the power of God, and the what? And the goodness of God. Amen. See, the way they will see the glory upon you is they will see power, the God's power operating in your life at a higher level. Let me say it again. The way they will see the glory upon you is they will see God's power operating in our lives at a higher level. Now, another way they will see God's presence in our lives is at a higher, amen. Another way they'll see, our, they'll, they'll see God's presence in our lives at a higher level. Come on, they'll see God's goodness in our lives in a higher level. That's another way they will see the glory of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because God is progressive. Let me say it again. God is what? Progressive. See, everything gets higher and higher and higher and higher. Why? Because we go from glory to glory to glory. Come on, somebody say that's me. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm going higher. Well, look at verse 3. Isaiah 60, verse 3. It says, Then the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. So notice the glory on us, and the brightness on us will, be, will, make, us, will make us become a magnet. We'll be like a magnet. And it says here, it will, it will draw the ungodly to us. Let me say it again. It will draw the what? ungodly to us. See, these are, listen, there are going to be more and more people wanting to Jesus in this time. In these last days than you could ever imagine, folks. All because why? Because they will see the glory on us. Because they will what? See the glory on us. Listen, this is a great time to be alive, folks. And it's a great time to be serving the Lord. And this is a great time for believers. Do I have any believers in the room? Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. It says, But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the what? Unto the what? Unto the perfect day. Amen. Now the message Bible reads verse 18 this way. It says, the ways of right living people glow with a light. Amen. Say it again. It says, the ways of right living people glow with a light. Anybody glowing in here? Amen. Then it says, the longer they live, 
the brighter they shine. I say it again. The longer they live, the brighter they shine. So the glory seen on us will act like a magnet, folks. It will do what? It will draw people to us. Well, look at Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 33, look at verse 7. Hallelujah. It's because you're sitting on the steps out there. That don't mean you don't turn to your Bible. <laughs> Jeremiah 33, verse 7. Look, listen to this now. God says, I will restore everything that was lost. Okay, all right. I will restore everything that was lost to Jude and Jerusalem. He says, I will build everything back as good as new. Somebody should take that. Come on. He says in verse 8, I'll scrub them clean from the dirt they, they've done against me. I'll forgive everything they've done wrong. Forgive all their rebellions. Verse 9, and Jerusalem will be a center of joy and praise and glory for all the countries on earth. And then it says this, they'll get reports. They'll get reports on all the good I'm doing for her. They'll be in awe. Of the blessing I'm pouring on her. Oh, you hear what I just said? It says, they will be in awe of the blessing I am pouring on me, on them. Come on, say that's me. Come on, say that's me. Come on, take God's pouring blessings on me. And the world is going to be in awe. Glory to God. Well, David once proclaimed in Psalm 21, 3. Psalms 21, 3. What did David proclaim? He says, for thou prevented, or you go before me, with what? With the blessing of goodness, and set a crown of pure gold on his head. The Message Bible reads it this way. You fill his arms with gifts, and you gave him a right royal welcome. It says you filled his arms with gifts. You filled his arms. You filled my arms with gifts. Come on, who's ready for God to fill your arms with gifts? And not just for you to hoard up. But for you to pass them out, folks. Look at Psalms 23, 6 again. Psalms 23, verse 6. So he says, surely what? Goodness and mercy shall follow me, what? All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord for how long? Forever. But he says, surely what? Goodness and mercy shall do what? Follow me. How long? Come on, how long? Come on, how long? All the days of my life. 
We know the New Living Translation reads it this way. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. Will pursue me all the days of my life. Well, what? Pursue me. How often? All the days of my life. So when I wake up in the morning, I know his goodness is pursuing me. All during the day, I know his goodness is pursuing me. Why I'm even on my job, goodness is still trying to track me down. Come on, are you with me out here? The Message Bible reads it this way. Your beauty and love chase after me. Your beauty and love do what? Chase after me. How long? Every day of my life. Everywhere I go, blessings come on me. Everywhere I go, blessings hunt me down. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, a lot of times we look at this as a little cute little saint. You better receive this. Why? Because you got to believe this for yourself. Why? Because God said it. Tell your neighbor God said it. Once again, this is not just a cute little saying, folks. See, if God didn't intend to do this, he would have never written it in a book. Let me say it again. If God didn't intend to do this, he would have never written it in a what? In a book. See, this is happening every day of my life. Somebody say every day of my life, too. Now, are you going to have a tax? Yes, you're going to have a tax. Tell your neighbor, you're going to have a tax. But guess what? They just won't be able to overcome the goodness and mercy in your life. Let me say that again. They will not be able to overcome the goodness and mercy in your life. So he says here, you go before me with blessings. You fill my arms with gifts. Goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my what life. Now, the Message Bible reads Psalms 23.5. It reads it this way. Psalms 23.5. He says, you serve me a six-course dinner. Oh, okay, all right. All right. This, the food fair ain't got nothing on this, folks. Hello. Hello. The food fair ain't got nothing on this. Amen. <laughs> you serve me a what? Six-court dinner right in front of my enemies. But he says, you revive my drooping head. But then he says, my cup brims with blessings. He said, my cup what? Brims. See, God doesn't just want you to your needs met, folks. No, he wants you in the overflow. He wants you in the overflow so that you're going to be a blessing to somebody else. Come on, say, I'm in the overflow. Now, throughout the Bible, when you see the word glory, it will also mention the words goodness. That's of course why. Because it is a manifestation of the goodness of God. And when you see goodness, the words goodness mentioned, what happens is you also see the words prosperity and blessing. Why? Because prosperity and blessing are associated with goodness. Somebody say goodness. 
So when goodness is following you, when goodness is pursuing you, when goodness is chasing you all the days of your life, prosperity and blessings are pursuing you, are chasing you down, and following you all the days of your life. Somebody say all the days. Well, the question is, well, pastor, why aren't they manifesting? Because it has everything to do with what you believe. Let me say it again. It has everything to do with what you believe. Look at Matthew 9, 29. What did Jesus say to the two blind men? It said, then he touched he their eyes and he said what? He said what? He said, what? According to your faith, be it unto you. According to what? It didn't say according to God. It said according to what? Your faith. If you don't believe it, if you don't expect it, more than likely it won't happen to you. Let me say it again. If you don't believe it, a lot of people, they read these scriptures, but they don't believe it. So if you don't believe it and you don't expect it, more than likely it won't happen. But I don't know about you. I expect it. And I don't expect it just because I'm a pastor, folks. I expect it because I am a believer. Come on, what's it say in Mark 16, 17? It says, and these signs shall follow them that what? Believe. It didn't say these signs shall follow them that pray. <laughs> it said these signs shall follow them that what? Believe. Tell your neighbor he's talking about me. Because I'm a believer. Come tell another neighbor he's talking about me. Because I am a what? Believer. Well, look at Psalms 31, 19. Come on, do I have any believers in the room? You got to believe this, folks. You can't just read it. You got to believe what you're reading. So many times we look at scripture and we come to church and we say, oh, that was a cute little message. And leave out of here just as broke. Talking broke. Acting broke. Looking broke. Because all we did, we heard the word. But we didn't meditate on what we heard. Amen. To the point, it got to the point where I believe what I heard. Because you can hear a lot of things, but you don't have to believe everything you hear. Are you listening to me out here? Look at Psalms 31, 19. He says, oh, how great is thy goodness. Which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of man. Listen, I really shouldn't be going over these scriptures over and over and over and over again. Because you should have them on an index card by now. Amen. 
You should have Monanda's card right now. This should be so embedded in you, it should be flowing around. You should be able to finish a sentence when I'm saying it. Okay. The message Bible reads 31:19. Says, What a stack of blessings. You are piled up for those who worship you. Come on, do I have any worshipers in the house of God? Come on, he said, what a stack of blessings. I piled up for those who worship me. And look at Haggai chapter 2, verse 9. Haggai chapter 2, verse 9. Where he says, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Somebody say, I take that. In other words, we know the manifestations of the glory of God in the form of his power, his presence, and his goodness. Listen, God has plans to take us higher. Say it again. God has plans to take us higher then we read about in the Old Testament. Come on, God has plans to take us higher than we read about in the book of Acts. Come on, say higher and higher. Come on, say higher and higher. Jeremiah 31, 14 says. Jeremiah 31, 14 says. And I will saturate the soul of the priest with fatness. And my people shall be what? Satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. He said you'll be satisfied with the what? With the goodness that he's pouring out into your life. Let me say it again. He says you'll be satisfied with the goodness he's pouring out in your life. Come on, say that's me. Now, the message translation reads verse 14 this way. He says, verse 14, the message Bible. He says, I'll make sure that their priests get three square meals a day. But I like this part, that my, and that my people have more than enough. Then he says, God's decree. He said he's going to make sure his people have what? Have more than enough. This is what? This is God decree, folks. Come on, when God decrees a thing. Come on, when God decrees a thing. So once again, we know the glory shall be seen upon thee. Amen? But the question again, once again, is how will they know it's the glory? Because of his what? Because of his presence and his power and his goodness that is manifesting in our lives, folks. And see, the sinner doesn't know the glory, but they do know prosperity when they see it. Let me say it again. The sinner doesn't know the glory, but they do know what? Prosperity when they see it. They know the blessing when they see it. They know the goodness when they see it. Matter of fact, they know the presence of God, even though they may not sense it. 
in their own lives, but they know the presence of God and they know the power of God. Are you listening to me out here? And they're going to see it. And they're going to see it. And they're going to see it upon us. Come on, somebody better receive this. If anybody should receive it, I should, it should be my Wednesday crowd. Go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Notice what he says here. Are you there yet? He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. That's for somebody in this room. Let me say it again. He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try, which is to try you. Which is to try you. Which is to try you. Amen. As though some strange thing happened unto you. But in verse 13 says, but rejoice. <laughs> now he says rejoice, but that's not what most Christians do. What happens? They get into verse 12, or they get into 12th verse, and all they see is the word trials. And they say, oh, Lord, he's talking about trials again. And they stop right there. Come on, say amen, somebody. But it says here, do what? It says do what? It says rejoice. Rejoice when? When the fiery trials come to try you. When does it tell you to rejoice? When the fiery trials come to try you. And most Christians still don't do that. Why don't they do that? Why? Because they don't know what's coming. You heard what I just said? Because they don't know what's coming. Why, what are they doing? They're focusing on the trial, and they're focusing on the wrong thing. You hear what I just said? They're focusing up on the trial, and they're focusing on the wrong thing. Now, I'm not saying pretend it's not there, folks. But you don't focus on the trial. Come on, why? Because you have what you give attention to. Let me say it again. You have what you give attention to. So you focus, listen, so you focus on what's coming behind the trial. You hear what I just said? So you focus on what's what? Coming behind the trial. And see, God is always a step ahead of the devil, folks. And he's already has a plan of escape for you. Come on, say amen, somebody. He already has a plan to bless you, to restore you, no matter what the devil does. God always has a plan. Listen, God already has a plan in motion. 
that's going to cause you to be blessed, to be restored, and to prosper. He already has a plan in motion, folks. If, if you won't quit and give up in the midst of the trial, if you won't what? If you won't quit and give up in the midst of the trial. And most Christians don't even see that part because why? They don't last long enough. Say it again. They don't last long enough. Notice what he says here. Notice what he says here. When the fiery trial comes. He didn't say if. You're gonna, it's going to come, folks. But what did he say? First thing he says, don't think it strange. Let's <laughs> say it again. First thing he said is, don't think it strange. Tell your neighbor, don't take it strange. Turn to somebody else and say, don't think it strange. That's the first thing he tells you. Amen? See, this is, listen. He said, don't think it's strange because why I understand that this is just part of the territory. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So when you're under attack, don't say, why is all this happening to me? You're a believer, aren't you? You're a believer, aren't you? Come on. Say, I'm a believer. Well, that's going to happen to you. But you don't have to accept failure. You don't have to expect, you don't have to, listen, you don't have to accept defeat just because it happens. Matter of fact, go to John 16, 33. It's going to happen to you as long as you are a believer. Are you a believer? You're going to have trials. You're going to have trials. You think the devil is just going to roll over, go to sleep, and just let you to be blessed and not mess with you? Are you in a fairy land? Are you listening to me out here? Even Jesus said here in John 16, 33, he said it. He said, these things I have spoken unto you. He said, I told you that in me you might have peace. But in the world, are you in this world? Are you in this world? He said, you shall what? He didn't say might. He said, because you are saved. He said, you shall what? You shall have what? You shall have tribulation. And see, we need to remind ourselves of these things, especially when we're going through something. As long as you are still here, you will be faced with trials and tests and tribulations. Now, if you don't want to, what? If you don't want to be faced with trials and tribulations and tests, let me know on a seven appointment for your home going. 
Do you hear me? Because that's the only way you're not going to experience tests, trials, and tribulations. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Amen? Why? Because that's not the end of the story. Come on, say that's not the end of the story. Because he goes on to say, but be a what? Be a what? Why? I have overcome the world. Listen to this, folks. God has a one-track mind about testing trials. Let me say it again. God has a one-track mind about tests and trials. What's that one-track mind? He said rejoice. He said be a good cheer. He said rejoice. He said be a good cheer. He got a one-track mind. He said rejoice. Be a what? Good cheer. You got a test? Be a good cheer. You got a trial? Rejoice. Come on, you got adversity? Be a good cheer. Come on, if you look like you're going under, he said, rejoice. Come on, does anybody have a test of trial in here today? Does anybody, is anybody going through a test of trial, tribulation in here today? Then I dare you to rejoice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, we're not rejoicing for the trial. And we're not being of good cheer because we have a trial. Are you listening to me out here? We are rejoicing because we know it's not over until it's over. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And it's never over until we win. That's why we're rejoicing. That's why we're rejoicing. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13. So he said, but rejoice. He said, but rejoice. He said, but rejoice. And as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed. Come on, here's a clue. Here's a clue. Here's a clue. What is it? That on the other side of every fiery, fiery trial, if you will outlast it, if you will outlast it, if you will outlast it, his glory shall be revealed. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And what is the glory? The manifested presence. Brian, you can't be up here. You become a distraction. People got their eyes on you and not on me. Once again, on the other side of every trial, if you outlast it, his glory will what? His glory will be what? Shall be revealed, folks. And what is his glory? His glory is the what? The manifested presence, power, and goodness of God. The manifested what? Presence, power, and goodness of God. 
Listen, folks. If you will stand your ground, if you what stand your ground, then His presence and His power and His goodness will show up. If you'll just stand your ground, why? Because that means you win, folks. Tell your neighbor, I win. You don't lose. Tell your neighbor, you win. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then it says, you win so that you may be what? Glad also with exceeding what? With exceeding what? With exceeding what? Joy. But keep reading verse 14. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Listen, he's not letting you off the hook, folks. If you have adversity, be of good cheer. If you have a test, rejoice. If you're spoken badly about, be happy. Let's try that again. If you have adversity, be of good cheer. If you have a test, rejoice. If you're spoken badly about, be happy. Right, come on, I should see some more smiling faces than that. Be what? Be what? Verse 14, if you be reproached for the name of, name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory. For the spirit of glory and of God does what? Rest is upon you. On their part is evil spoken of, but on your part he is what? Glorified. Somebody say the spirit of glory. Rest upon me. Come on, say the spirit of glory. Rest upon me. Is that what he said? Come on, is that what he said? He said what? The spirit of glory rest upon me. Come on, say amen, somebody. The word rest means to abide. It means to remain upon. And it means to be supported by. Let me say it again. The word rest means to abide. It means to remain upon. And it means to be what? Supported by. The spirit of glory. When you're going through a trial. He said here. Is resting upon you. Say it again. The spirit of glory. When you're going through a trial, it's resting on you. That means potentially the manifested presence, the manifested power, and the goodness of God is about to be revealed. Tell me, it's about to be revealed. Why? Because the spirit of glory is what? Resting where? Resting where? Resting where? Come on, it's abiding. It's remaining. And you're supported by it. Listen, the spirit of glory is ready to back you, folks. Ready to support you. If you will stand your ground. If you will what? If you will stand your ground. Now follow me now. Say they will follow him. No matter what you grow through, folks, 
You have the spirit of God inside you. And you have what? The spirit of glory abiding and resting on you. Let me say it again. No matter what you go through, do you think when a trial comes, the Holy Ghost departs? Well, sometimes we think so. The way we act, we think he went somewhere. Where you read that at? Where he departs because you're going through something. The problem is you just, you just so focused on your, what you're going through, you took your attention on what's on the inside of you. You took your attention away. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because you're so focused on the outside, you're not even focused on the inside. The Holy Ghost is still inside me. The Holy Ghost is still inside me. And it says here, the spirit of glory is abiding and resting on me. Come on. In other words, I can't lose in this situation. But I got to believe this. Come on, are you with me out here? Amen. Now, of course, the Spirit of God is the, is the Holy Spirit himself. Amen. Or he's the Spirit of glory. Somebody say he's the Spirit of glory. But I don't know why people think Satan can have all these spirits and God's limited to one. Let me show you something. The word spirit means a divine influence. It means what? A divine influence. In other words, the spirit of glory is a divine influence. And see, the word divine influence denotes a power that is in operation, but it's invisible. However, you can see the effects of it. Let me say it again. The words divine influence denotes a power that is in operation, but it's invisible. However, you can see the effects of it. You got it? It's like the wind. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. We know that, if anybody should know that. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, you can see the leaves on the tree blowing off. And we've seen trees blowing. Come on. <laughs> we've seen a lot of things blowing. <laughs> hey, come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. And somebody will say, well, the wind was sure was strong today. No. You're seeing the effects of the wind. You don't see the wind. Let me say it again. You don't see the wind. And see, the Holy Spirit is a divine influence. And along with him and of the spirits, and along with him are of the spirits to assist him influencing your life. Come on, we're going to prove it out. Along with him are other spirits to assist him influencing your what? Life. One of those spirits, one of those is the spirit of glory. The spirit of favor is another one. Come on. The spirit of increase is another one. Well, go with me to Exodus chapter 28, verse 3. Let's march through some scriptures. Let's march through some scriptures. This is God speaking. Exodus 28, verse 3. And he says, And thou shalt speak unto all that are, are wise-hearted, whom I feel with the what? Spirit of what? Spirit of what? 
wisdom. Well, look at the book of Revelations. Book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 4, says, John, to the seven churches which are in what? Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and was, and which was, and which is to come, and from the what? From the what? Seven spirits which are before his what? Throne. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of what? The spirit of wisdom. We look at Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, and the spirit of understanding, and the spirit of counsel. And the spirit of might. And the spirit of knowledge. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord. These are all spirits from God. From who? We look at Daniel chapter 5 verse 12. Daniel 5 12 it says for as much as a what? An excellent spirit and what? Knowledge and what? Understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of heart senses and dissolving of doubts were found in the same what? Daniel. And we know Daniel chapter 6 verse 3 says, Then this Daniel was referred to by the presidents and the princes because a what? An excellent what? Spirit was what? In him. Well, Micah 3.8 says, But truly I'm full of power, and by the Spirit of the Lord, and of what? Judgment, and of what? Might. So the Spirit of judgment, and the Spirit of what? Might. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. Just in case you still haven't gotten enough. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of David, and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the Spirit of what? The Spirit of what? Which is favor and of what? Supplications. 2 Corinthians 4.13. It says, and we have in the same spirit of what? Spirit of what? Spirit of faith. Now go back to 1 Peter 4.14. It says, if you be... Be reproached for the name of Christ. Happy are ye for the spirit of what? Glory of God shall rest upon you. And for his part, for their part is evil spoken of. But on your part he is glorified. Notice all these spirits are divine, are divine influences. And they all emanate from God. Are you following me out here? See, you can have the spirit of wisdom on you. Or you can have the spirit of dumb on you. Matter of fact, look at Numbers 5.14. Because these are spirits in a negative sense. And these spirits influence a lot of people. First one, in the spirit of jealousy come upon him. Anybody ever seen that spirit? (laughs) 
He manifests a lot. Sometimes with a lot of believers. He can't know my my shot hold over. Shouldn't have come out in the name of Jesus. Well, here's another one. First Kings 22:22. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit. Oh Lord. Amen. He jumps on Christians too. <laughs> So there's a lying spirit. Hey, mama, shake. Hey, mama, shake. Go to Isaiah 61 3. <laughs> this ain't the sinner that got the lying spirit, folks. Isaiah 61 3 says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So there's a spirit of Heaviness. Go to Mark 3.11. He says, and unclean spirits. So there are unclean. There are unclean spirits. Go to Luke 13.11. He said, and behold, there's a woman which had an infirm, had a spirit of what? A spirit of what? Infirmity 18 years. So there is a what? Spirit of infirmity. Last one, 2 Timothy 1.7. This is another one that operates in believers. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but some of us take it anyway. Invite him in our door. Say, come in. Have tea. <laughs> come on, say amen, somebody. But there is a spirit of what? Fear. But notice all those spirits are evil. And they influence and they emanate from Satan. Come on, say amen, somebody. But they are still influential. Are you with me out here? If you have the spirit of fear in your life, it's influencing you. Say it again. If you have the spirit of fear in your life, it's influencing you. It's influencing your actions. It's influencing your mindset. And it's influencing your speech. Come on. There's a spirit of poverty. And you don't have to be poor to have it. Why? Some rich people have the spirit of poverty. Why? They're misers. Come on. They can be extremely wealthy and not spend a dime of it. Why? Because usually the spirit of poverty is associated with the spirit of fear. Come on, you're with me out here. So you don't have to be poor to have the spirit of poverty on you. If the spirit of jealousy, come on, if the spirit of heaviness, if the spirit of fear, if the spirit of lying, or if a lying spirit, if all those spirits can influence a person, why would it be so strange to think that the spirit of favor 
that the spirit and the spirit of increase and the spirit of glory could not influence you. Come on, say amen, somebody. But guess what? The spirit of glory is resting on you right now. Come on, it's on you what? Right now. Come on, say the spirit of glory is on me. Come on, say it's on me. And guess what? And it wants to influence you. It wants to influence you to be what? To make you a winner out of every situation you're facing, folks. In every area of your life. Especially when you're going through tests and trials. Go back to 1 Peter 4.13. Once again, he says, rejoice. And as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with also with what? Exceeding joy. Verse 14, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, what? Happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. And for their part he is evil spoken of. But on your part he is glorified. Once again, notice what he says. Notice he talks about when you're going through these trials, don't think it's strange. Rejoice and be happy. Don't think it's strange. Rejoice and be happy. See, the reason you can rejoice and be happy is because you know now that you're not alone. Why? You have the spirit of glory resting upon you. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And he's there to support you. Come on. Say amen, somebody. Amen. See, it's there to do what? It's there to cause the manifestations of God's presence, his power, and his goodness to manifest in your life. So in other words, there's something more powerful than anything that you will ever go through, folks. There's something more powerful. Tell your neighbor, there's something more powerful. Come on. And if we will refuse to give up, then it will manifest in the form of God's presence, God's power, and God's goodness, and it will get us over every time. Somebody say every time. So the spirit of glory resting on me. The spirit of glory resting on me. It sounds like God wants this on me 24-7. Say it again. God wants this on me 24-7. Not just experience occasionally, folks. But he wants me to have access to this spirit of glory 24-7. He wants it manifesting in my life every day. Why? Because if you ever get to the place where you are fully aware that it's resting on you, then your days are losing are over. Let me get to that. Let me say it again. If you ever get to the place where you are fully aware that it's resting on you, then your days of losing are over. Why? 
because you would be you would listen you would become extremely confident that it's just a matter of time when God's presence when God's power and God's goodness will show up on your behalf and deliver you and cause you to be victorious in every attack. Somebody say every attack. Come on, say every attack. So no wonder Peter said, rejoice. Be happy when you come under attack. Rejoice and be happy when you're facing test and trial. Why? Don't focus on the test and trial. Focus on what the spirit of glory can do in your life. Why? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God glory. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise and glory and honor, folks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to rejoice before him right now. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give him praise. Come on, let's give him glory. Come on, let's give him honor. Hallelujah. Come on, we say thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. For the spirit of glory rests upon me. It rests upon me. It abides. It remains. It supports me. I am never by myself. I am never by myself. I am never by myself, folks. He not only lives in me, but he's upon me. In the midst of anything I'm going through. Hallelujah. I just have to be aware of his presence. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. I just have to be aware of his presence. And listen to me, folks. Just because I'm not aware of his presence doesn't mean he's not there. It's not him the problem is. It's me. I'm just not aware of his presence. And he's constantly trying to make me aware that I'm right here. He's always trying to make me aware I'm resting on you. I'm right here. I'm not only in you, but I'm resting on you. My glory is resting on you. And my glory is my manifested presence. My manifested power and my manifested goodness. I'm right here. Hallelujah. He says, I'm right here. He says, I'm resting upon you. All you got to do is simply switch your focus. Take your focus off the trials. Take your focus on what you're going through. And if you put your focus on me, guess what? I'll get you through the trial. I'll get you through the test. 
I'll get you through the tribulation. It may seem like it's burning right now, but guess what? Come on. Who was in the midst of the fiery furnace and he didn't get burnt? I can take you through the fire. I can take you through the storm. Come on. I just need you to get in your heart that I never left you. You may have forgot I was there, but I didn't go anywhere. You may not have recognized I was there, but I was always there. Because I will always honor my word. And I said I would never leave you nor forsake you. Lift your hands before the Lord. Hallelujah. What are you focusing on, folks? The reason you can't see the glory is because of where your attention is. You're not looking on the other side of this trial. That you're going through. There is a victorious side. It's there. It ain't going nowhere. It's still there. God always makes a way of escape. And it has the spirit of glory resting upon you. To show you where it's at. If you just recognize his presence. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord.